0: Hello and welcome back. We are back at Just Keep Hunting. We're back at the lush, verdant, bosky surrounds of the glorious Caulfield racetrack with the Mayor of Corfield himself, the guru, Mr Josh Rodder. Josh, welcome mate. Hello son, thanks for having me once again. Hey, the pleasure is all mine. It was an absolute treat chatting with you last week, so we thought we'd pinch a bit more time out of your incredibly busy schedule and do it all again. But this week, mate, remarkably it's even bigger it is the big one the Caulfield Cup which we'll get into quickly but let's touch on last week if we can mate because you gave us a lot of great info and insight into guineas day how was your day
1: uh licking my wounds a little bit when the last race of the day is your you know one of your favorite horses that you launch into Amelia's jewel so on face value she was disappointing and probably left a lot of punters a little bit flat son I don't know about you. What do you think? Well, I'm really interested in it because is she crook? Is she not herself? Because it
0: looked to a novice like myself, it looked like she wasn't at the races, quite literally. What happened there? Have you got any inside
1: info this week? No, well, I've spoken to Simon, Simon Miller and the team, and she didn't eat up like she usually does on the Saturday night. Right. That's one thing with horses, you know, if you're off your tucker you're not well. I mean, that's the same with a human, isn't it? I don't know what the official line has been since, but there was no doubt she was, um, the report was that she did leave a little bit of feed and her bloods weren't 100%. It must have been minor because now she's back and I think she's still going to target one of her spring goals. We know how good she is and I'm sure she'll hit back hard very soon.
0: Well, it's good to hear. I mean, let's hope it was a sort of a 24-hour, 48-hour thing and it's not curtains for her spring campaign. Yeah. Let's go the other side of the ledger the legend of Alligator Blood just
1: continues to grow. Yeah, we spoke about that. You know, there was the query on him at 2,000 metres. And Mick Kent's horse, Deny Knowledge, went out there with one plan, to break the field up and try and take these horses out of their comfort zone. And they really hummed along in that race. Tim Clark returned to the saddle after Damien Oliver won the Underwood on Alligator Blood. Once he reached Deny Knowledge, he just went into another gear and ran away. So the way he's racing now he's probably going as good as he's ever ever gone. So that's now seven Group 1s, six for Gay and Adrian, and he seems to be at the peak of his powers. So going into a Cox Plate, which doesn't look a vintage Cox Plate, it's a very interesting race, as it always is. You know, Romantic Warrior, world-class, Amelia's Jewels now not running. It might be right time, right place for Alligator Blood. And as we said last start, I know the champion tags waved around but the reason i think he's a champion is that adversity is overcome those physical issues he got beaten a nose by Super Seth in a Caulfield Guineas as a three-year-old when he looked all over the winner when he was trained by David Van Dyke. He's gone through a couple of other stables. He's lobbed at Gay's and Adrian's, won six Group 1s, had to overcome those physical issues like kissing spine and things like that, surgery, and he's still rising to that level, getting to the veteran stage of his career. So, I think he's just an amazing horse. It's a great story. Um, Even his strapper, David Camilleri, I want to send a bit of a cheerio out, a punter owned a share in a horse with me, Um, like one of us, loved it so much he wanted to get inside the sport Went down, asked Gay for a job, started doing a role as a stable hand, picked up connection with alligator blood, works in an office during the week. On the weekends, he straps alligator blood and gets down to the stables when he can. Unreal. Talk about living the dream. Wow, he's picked the right horse there, not exactly. he? Exactly. So it's one of those things, son, in life chase your passions and you're going to be a very happy person. Just a great story with alligator blood. I'm absolutely in love with the whole story.
0: Oh, who isn't, mate? To come back from that spinal issue is no mean feat. And to now have seven group ones, like you mentioned, and to be absolutely peaking in the world of the Guru the only way is up mate let's get into the biggest one possibly of the spring let's get to the Caulfield Cup because it looks like it's got all the hallmarks of a bona fide classic I don't want to jinx anything early but this could be the race of the spring and a vintage cup
1: it's a really great contest this year we've had some good winners in recent times the likes of you know incentivizes was breathtaking very elegant You know, the Wonder Mare. Last year, Durston was able to nail Gold Trip late. It was just an amazing ride by Mick D. It's just the depth to this race and the evenness of probably six or seven chances. And it's the first time we've had internationals since, I think, 2020. First time we've had a Japanese runner since 2019. The internationals have actually got an amazing record, son. Six winners in about 25 years. The likes of All the Good, Best Solution, My murder glass you know so it's not a bad strike rate because it's not as if they've got three quarters of the field and they're not targeting it every year they've virtually missed two or three years so this year you throw in Joseph O'Brien's got his two horses in the race Okita Sushi and Valiant King you've got Westwind Blows that Simon and Ed Christford have targeted At the Caulfield Cup. So he's not being aimed at the Melbourne Cup. He's being aimed grand final day on Saturday. We don't see that very often. Internationals come and they've usually got the Melbourne Cup as the backup, which Breakup will likely go to and potentially Akita Sushi. Valiant King and West Wind Blows have both targeted this as grand finals. So it's intriguing. The other intriguing part of the internationals this year is Valiant King is the Northern Hemisphere three-year-old. So over the years, the Northern Hemisphere three-year-olds have snuck into the Melbourne Cup down in the weights and been able to pinch it because they've sort of missed the handicapper. They go under the radar, Yeah, they? they do. The way the Europeans condition their horses for their staying races is amazing. It's elite. But I can't remember many Northern Hemisphere three-year-olds targeting, targeting the Caulfield Cup. Fantastic. So this horse gets in with 50 kilos, Jamie Carr, barrier one. I think Caulfield's a, tr- a tricky track because they jump in front of the big crowd, they charge to the first corner. It's a very busy staying race. It's um, You need a horse, I think I mentioned it last week, a horse that's light on its feet, agile, very athletic, that can change lead legs, be able to be used up, find a spot, all those sort of things. So all the chances and the major players have probably drawn... Just about where they want to draw. Probably outside Valiant King, in my opinion. Yes, it's got gate speed, it can begin. But if suddenly it's 2-3 back the fence, it's straight away relying on luck. So Jamie's going to have to be able to begin on Valiant King and hold her spot. It'll be something new to Valiant King, that charge to the first corner, hold your spot, horses all around, and then trying to weave a passage through. Well, let's not beat
0: around the bush anymore, mate. Let's get stuck into it. The Caulfield Cup, and it has all the hallmarks of an absolute classic.
1: Let's run through some of the chances i've loved Solcom all the way through the preparation i saw him gallop here at caulfield just uh, leading into that Heavily Stakes that he won, uh, Heavily Handicap that he won here at Caulfield. This spring, you'll notice with Chris Wallace stayers, if you look in the book, it'll say Mount Macedon mm. next to the trainer's name. So that's the stable return of where that horse is being trained at the time. So horses move between, you know, these satellite stables, whether it's Melbourne and Sydney. So someone like Chris trains at Rose Hill in Sydney. He's got stables at Flemington. But you'll notice with some of these imported horses, former Europeans, that they're being trained out of Mount Macedon. Chris is trying to find those balance for these stables stayers to have that calming relaxing between races where they can just relax in the beautiful country fresh air it's quiet it's not the hustle and bustle of a metropolitan training center but then he can't he he bring it can bring the opportunity to bring them in like he did with Solcombe heading heading into the heavily and he brought him here on tuesday to have a gallop and that just sparks them up you know lets them know that this week's race week and Saturday, we've got a job to do. So I just love the whole preparation with Sulkham. It was an amazing win first up. They switched back to Wait for Age Company. So in Wait for Age races, Sun heading into these cups, you can't receive a penalty, from re-handicapping okay. penalty from the handicappers. So he ran two great races in the Underwood behind Alligator Blood. Um, When he was back and chasing a long way from home and in the Turnbull stakes, when again he was a bit slow to begin, he tends to be slow out of the gates. Which you know, some people are saying, Is that going to be an issue? I think at 2400 metres from the gate he's drawn, I don't think it'll be an issue. He tends to pick himself up very quickly and get himself into a great spot. But I think the way the race will be run tomorrow, Craig's got some great options to stay away from the fence, get on the back of the horse to beat. this is one horse that I believe we were talking about earlier that has that profile. He's like light on his feet. He's agile. You see him walking around the mounting yard. He sort of dances and hops around on really? his feet like light a prize fighter. Yep. I like Solcom. I think he's the perfect Caulfield Cup horse. I think he's the perfect sort of Caulfield Melbourne Cup horse. We haven't seen a horse take out a Cup stubble since um, Ethereal um, back in the early 2000s, and it's rarely done. I think, you know, Ethereal, Doremus, Might and Power, they're probably the three... You know, recent ones, modern day ones, it doesn't happen very often. But down in the weights with 53 and a half kilos, he won the Queen Elizabeth last spring when he just got off the plane from Europe. I think it's been a bit of a 12-month plan from Chris and the connections to aim up at these spring cups. And I think there's a sense of timing about the horse's preparation. He's only had 14 starts. He's by the mighty Frankel. And to me, you know, I think he's been crying out for the 2400 for a, uh, probably a couple of starts now. So I'm with Sulkham. I think the Turnbull's the best form reference. That race, the gold trip, won so impressively. Uh, Solcom ran third, but the run of the second horse, West Wind Blows, the import from the Simon and Ed Crisford stable. He's been aimed up at the race, as we said, the Caulfield Cup. This is his grand final. Jamie Spencer takes the ride, draws barrier two. This is another one that, from barrier two, he probably wants to begin and hold his spot on top of the speed. If he can be outside leader or in that first three or four, his effort in the Turnbull Stakes was to me, outside the winner, of the run of the race and one of the runs of the day, Jamie found it hard to get a spot sort of early in the race and then let his horse roll outside the leader in a genuinely run uh, Turnbull Stakes. And on the line, he was still there punching away, beating less than two lengths behind Goldtrip. Trip. Both West Blows and Sulcum meet Gold Trip about three kilos better for that defeat. And I think both are suited by the rise to 2400. So I'm leaning Sulk and West Wind Blows. The big question mark is Gold Trip. You know, there was a lot of conjecture. He galloped here Tuesday. He looks absolutely unbelievable. He, the horse is flying. What a decision to make. You've got a horse, a Melbourne Cup winner, that's won a Turnbull stakes like it did. To make a decision, am I going to run in the Caulfield Cup or miss it and go to the Cox plate? And then do we go to the Melbourne Cup? What a great position to be in for the owners and the stable. Yeah, not going to feel too sorry for them. Exactly. I don't feel sorry for them, but it's an amazing position to it's be not in. What a bad headache, to yeah. have, mate. So he's drawn Barrier 11. Ben Malham takes the ride because Mark Zara was already committed to without a fight. So Gold Trip's humming and he comes into the race, and when you look back at Melbourne Cup winners coming back the next year to win Caulfield Cups, it has happened. Dunedin, Viewed, he's as good as those, in my opinion. Like He's world-class. He's probably the other one. I think the Turnbull is the form line. Um, It's always been a strong form reference to the Caulfield Cup, and I think they're the three in the race for me that stand out. It's probably five or six chances, not much between them, but they're the three I'm sort of working around. It's going to be an enthralling race. Can't wait. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. So they're the three I'm sort of working around. Very difficult with the internationals. You know, without a fight, gets his you know, firm ground. He came for the Melbourne Cup last year and didn't get that firm ground. Um, his form wintering in Queensland was excellent. And those horses that come out of the Queensland winter with a bit of sun on their back, they really tend to have great springs. His run was an eye catcher in the Underwood. And then you've got the Japanese horse, Breakup, Damien Lane. Our man,
0: Damien Lane. I'd like to say that I uncovered it, but you threw me a stat that he is now, his last 50 starts, he has a 24% win rate yes. which is outstanding it is. I think his career win rates around 13 or 14% yeah. so it's a huge leap How's the prep?
1: Competed in the marathon. Unbelievable. Yeah, as did Mitch Friedman, the Turak winning trainer of attrition. Did he? Um, I think maybe Daniel Stackhouse, another jockey, went round in the marathon.
0: Mate, fair enough. You might have to session. get the microphone and
1: run next to one of these guys one day. I son. tell you what, I'll, sit, I'll sit at the finishing line, mate. Yeah. No
0: chance. I'm <laughs> so, more chance of eating a marathon, Dimmy, and it was sub three hours too. And you know, with all due respect, not the longest of strides on our man. So going at a decent clip. I yeah, tell you what.
1: Yeah, no, he's had a he's had a fantastic year. You know, the successes in Japan. You know, he had a great day on Saturday. I loved his ride on that well-backed favourite, Wishlaw Lass. The jockeys were getting off the fence and sort of getting out wide, and he found the fence. Uh, It was a bit of a rack and stack and got going on the inside of the shortest way home.
0: Kicked off with a win Wednesday and then another place straight after, so maybe marathons are the way forward. It is, and he was here
1: on um, Wednesday morning stretching the legs of his Caulfield Cup ride, break up. So the, the horse from the Mr. Yoshi Oka. Uh, stable in Japan, so Breakup comes here, the first Japanese horse to run since 2019, which was the year that Damien Lane teamed up with Murder Glass to win the Caulfield Cup and Lee Grasher to win the Cox Plate. So Damien's got a real understanding of the Japanese thoroughbred and their makeup, you know, their breeding and their their assets. The great thing with these Japanese horses is they've got that fantastic balance between speed and stamina, mm. which is exactly what you need to win a Caulfield Cup. Speed and a marathon, and stamina. Yeah, true. His form in Japan, I will say, is hot and cold. Breakup. Okay. It's which breakup turns up, and the Group One races he ran in. I think he started 120 to one and 115 to one. Right. So he, you know, he's not Group One in Japan, but they don't have to be Group One to win a Caulfield Cup. The race he won, the Copa Republica Argentina, was a race that Fame Game won. Fame Game came and challenged for the Caulfield Melbourne Cup and was a really well-supported fancy in both races. Didn't have a lot of luck in either race, but that's the sort of standard of horse he is. So he's not going to be far away. Chevelle Grand also won a Copa Republica Argentina and he became a Japan Cup winner. So the race he won at Tokyo this time last year is is the right sort of form. So if he brought that form to Saturday, he's going to be right in it. But I think you'll run that sort of Delta Blues run that he ran in the Caulfield Cup before he won the Melbourne Cup where he settles you know sort of not far off the speed he's he's sort of really grinding home strongly and putting the riding on the wall for the Melbourne Cup that's my opinion but um you know drawn well for Damien Lay gives him options these Japanese horses are versatile he can take a position up on the speed and as I said he's got speed and stamina and he'll be really grinding away and Damien's got the option of riding him aggressively and he'll run out the trip So, enthralling race, as I said, you know, we've run through some of the major chances and there's reasons why they can and can't win, isn't there?
0: And no doubt something else will bloody (laughs) pip them and that's (laughs) that. Hey, I'm going to put you on the spot here. It's rare as hen's teeth. Can Sulkham do the Cups double? I think he can.
1: It really depends what the penalty is. Um, So, what happens with the winner of the Caulfield Cup, the Art Racing Victoria handicappers are able to re-handicap the horse. So, like we were saying earlier, they can only handicap that horse on the exposed form they've got at the time they do the weights. Once that horse starts winning handicap races and showing that it's too good for that weight, they can add weight. So, whoever wins the Caulfield Cup is eligible for re-handicap. So, what re-handicap Solcom gets is probably going to be crucial to if he can win the Melbourne Cup, because carrying weight in a Caulfield Cup is completely different gravy to telling carrying weight in the Melbourne Cup. So, but it's a chance. Yeah. Yeah, the narrative's there. Yeah, it is. I love it. I think I he's love the it. perfect Caulfield Melbourne Cup horse, and um, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out in the, in the coming weeks. I love it, mate. It's a huge race day.
0: With 10 on the card, obviously. Is there any other sort of feature races that you can give us any inside info on? Yeah, yeah.
1: One of my better bets of the day, I think, is in the Tristark. I really like, say, Magique, race seven. She had the two runs back from a spell for Graham Begg. Graham Begg's got a real knack with these fillies at targeting like a little grand final. Doesn't necessarily have to be a group one. And having them cherry ripe on the day. He won this race with Over in 1999 and uh, went on to win the Emirates Stakes. This um, filly's always shown great ability, second to win secret. Uh, in the Coolmore up the straight. Two runs back have been good. I, I liked her last start, but when I saw her in the mounting yard, I thought, oh, you need one more run. Right. So comes here third up, 1,400, drawn well. Mickey D gets in well. The set weights and penalties with 55 kilos. She's a 96 Raider, and I thought she was a really good play. I thought the best value bet on the card came up in the next race, race eight, first two legs of the Quaddy, son. Ooh, uh, number seven, cause for concern. This horse has got a lot of ability. There's been reasons and excuses for its defeats in recent times. Um, It's drawn inside in a couple of straight races at Flemington. The inside's not always the best place to be for a horse that wants to sort of chase the leaders down. But if you go back to Flemington back in July when got onto good ground, was a winner over 1,400. That was a really strong win, and I thought he gave me the impression that he could be one of those 1,400-metre Group 1 Sir Rupert Clark, handicapped sort of horses, down in the weights, good ground, and run a bit of a race. So I'm not sure what Sean Mathrick's planning, whether he's just sort of treading water to maybe go to the Rupert Clark in late November, but his run at Flemington behind Star Patrol, who, same as finished behind, I think it's really good form. Um, out of the Gill guy comes back from Group Two company at 1200, beaten three lengths, drops a little bit in weight, is on the up, good ground, Corfield 1400, 12-13 to one,
0: good each way play. Okay, great stuff. So just to recap there, race seven, you don't mind Say Magique with Mickey D on board. Race eight, you actually think there's a bit of value in Cause for Concern going around at a decent price, and then. Oh, Throw a blanket over those three. Gold trip, west wind blows, but you're leaning towards Solcom. We've got something in seven, eight and nine. It's going to be a hell of an afternoon at Caulfield. Mate, before we head off, I've got to ask you, last week you sort of put your head on the chopping block and said that you thought maybe a three-year-old could win the Cox.
1: After what you've seen so far, are you prepared to stick with that? Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. We didn't cover the Guineas in our early debrief of Guineas Day, son. But I I love the run of militarise. You know, he was that sort of... He's a three-year-old that's bred for 2,000 metres. Even when he won the Sires and champagne in Sydney as a two-year-old, he had 2,000 metres written all over him. It was his first run at Caulfield the other day, and he wasn't great to begin, and he was back, and they put him – right on the back foot in terms of winning the race and the way the race pattern went it was very difficult to make ground it was a beautiful ride by Matt in front he was able to get a couple of cheap sectionals and on good ground at caulfield when the leaders are getting cheap sectionals it's very hard to come from last and win unless you're a level above but i love the way militarized over the last 200 meters despite some interference was able to finish the race off when i first watched the race i thought he got beaten further than he did so when you watch the replay, the way he finished off gives you every impression that 2,000 metres at Mooney Valley with 49.5 kilos, I think he'll, he'll run a super race. I think it's a great opportunity. And I think Chris Waller and the ownership team have probably had it in the back of their mind all the way through. So he's a, what is he, a three-time Group 1 winner, three-year-old, 49.5. I can remember when Star Spangled Banner won the Guineas. There was a little horse called So You Think that was a bit tardy to begin. <laughs> the back of the field and just got home between them and ran fifth or sixth so it gave me that sort of feel so you think sort of running on just behind the placings go to the cox plate not sure that this horse is a horse that g boss could go to the front and lead all the way and win a cox plate but i think he's going to be very competitive militarized
0: Loving it, mate. Putting yourself on the line, that's sensational. Hey mate, before we go, let's talk your personal favourite Caulfield Cup moments or days. And it can be from when you're a kid, when you've worked here, anything at all. Is anything spring to mind for you?
1: Yeah, well I I did a story a couple of months ago with Sam Doran on Racing.com, a drinkwise special on my favorite group one race and it was on diatribe in 2000 so diatribe still holds the track record so if you get an opportunity it's on social media and racing.com i I felt really privileged to tell my story because the caulfield cup is my favorite race so to be able to talk about one that i was privileged to be involved with with two legends hall of famers is jim cassidy and george hanlon it was um Wonderful, and thank you to Racing.com, but there was a bit of that story that I wasn't able to tell, so this story is not so much the racing part of the Caulfield Cup, son.
0: I love it already, I
1: love it already. A bit of the history of the track, and myself within the track, so Jimmy and I had done a bit of training, Um, we mentioned last week I used to get in the sauna on the pads, Yeah. he got his weight right to ride Diatribe, and we're sitting here on a Friday afternoon at the um, Ross McDonald stables, and... Clinton and I were good friends, Ross's son, and Ross and Mark were always fantastic hosts. When people came from interstate with horses, owners with friends, always hanging around the stables, having a VB stubby and a couple of hot dogs, Ross was just such a a warm and fantastic host. So I was sitting there on the Friday afternoon, and obviously Jimmy didn't want to eat anything, and he was a bit bored, like, what can we do? I said, you know what? I grew up in this area. There's yabbies in the middle (laughs) of the dam of Caulfield Racecourse. So um, Ross had a net in one of the back stables, uh, like a little yabby net. We went and bought some ingredients, got ingredients. the ingredients, tri- yeah, to get to the, the bait. Sorry, the bait ingredients. Love it. Like we're gonna cook. Yeah. We did cook them up in the end. <laughs> so we got all everything we needed. Got the little transistor. Sat back with the sunnies on and put a few baits in, and we went yabbying on Caulfield Cupper if Jimmy and I. Awesome. So so manager and his jockey yabbying to keep their mind off, you know food or having a beer before the big race talked about the race a little bit talked about life had a really fun afternoon we got some yabbies cooked them up jimmy didn't eat many but you know a little bit of garlic butter so we we won with the yabbies on the friday we came out the next day and jimmy was able to weave his magic from the back of the field through on the inside in a track record winning caulfield cup for george hanlon who would tried to win the race for so many years and was able to break his caulfield cup hoodoo so that was a little story that no one would know Not necessarily about the Caulfield Cup race itself, but a a Caulfield Cup race preparation and um, some of the things that you can do here at Caulfield. I think these days you can always see someone throwing a line in there to catch a fish.
0: Only if they want to win and set a track record the next day, mate.
1: That was one of my fondest memories, um, yabbying with the pumper on race eve before the Caulfield Cup was run and won.
0: That is fantastic, Guru. That is one of the greats. I would love nothing more, though, than he rocks up the next morning and goes in for the weigh and They go, mate, you're slightly over. He just shoots you, death at Those fucking yabbies. He's got me. All right, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. You said earlier... Follow your passions in life. I want to follow you around because you're the most passionate bloke I know when it comes to horse racing. And I've loved every second of this. I could do it all day, but we've got to get going. So until Saturday, mate, I'm hoping to see you out here. But uh, to everyone listening, thanks for listening. Thanks for your time again, guru. Cannot thank you enough. And good luck on Saturday.
1: Keep shining, son. I'll Happy do racing list. to all. <laughs> Legend.
0: Shout
1: it brother Just keep Yabbing with the pumper On race eve Before the Caulfield Cup Was run and won